What's up, Jason? We are back live with our guy, Jason Porter. This is the A Sea of Red live podcast. Dude, that intro gets me so hype. Uh, I am pumped for this season. It is officially game week. Uh, got a little bit of housekeeping to do here, and that is mainly just a shout out my man, Nick Kirby. He is producing this whole show, making it, taking it to a whole new level. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Also, shout out, uh, you know, Jason. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for sponsoring us. Thanks for partnering with us. Thanks for co-hosting tonight. And uh, I know uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this season. So, Jason, I wanted to go ahead and get started with uh, asking you a few questions since it's uh, your first time on this season. Um, what is the what's the play with your your season tickets? I know they're all digital, but if you downloaded them all, uh, do you have your parking passes all? Do you have the tailgate plan for the tenth? Uh, what is your what's your move here with the tickets and everything like that? Yeah, Chad, what's up, man? So glad to be with you guys again. Thanks so much for the invite. Uh, I would love to tell you I am uh, fully prepared mentally. I'm prepared for the season, but as far as all the digital stuff, man, I'll I'll get there. I'll probably literally be walking up to the stadium trying to figure out how to do some of that stuff. But we are locked in, ready to go, and uh, can't wait for the for the season to kick off and the tailgates and everything, man. It's gonna be a blast. Awesome. So uh, be honest with me. I know you're a huge Liberty Athletics supporter and I, I see you on all the at all the events from from men's soccer all the way on. But is basketball your first love? Like it seems to be like you played basketball. You you really enjoy that. Is that kind of like your first love? And then where does football fit in the rankings? Is football king in the Porter household? Yeah, it's it, it's interesting how it's taken place because, of course, my background is sports medicine originally, and I was a director of sports medicine at Liberty for uh, for about 10 years off and on. And so while I played basketball in college, the majority of my working career has actually been around football. So, man, I strolled the sidelines for a lot of years doing the athletic training sports medicine thing and uh, absolutely love the mindset of those guys, love the grind to camp, love August and, and that whole uh, that that whole side of things. So. Uh, it, it's kind of a mixed bag of passion, but man, we we are all about uh, we are all about football uh, in the Porter House, but we love hoops as well. It's uh, we're we're pretty well balanced, I would say. Yeah, yeah, same here. Honestly, I just go with whatever season it is. Like if it's basketball season, I'm a huge hoops guy. If it's football season, what else is there? If, if you there know, baseball is. season, I'm watching all the games, spitting the sunflower seeds. I'm doing the thing. All right, uh, so here is what we got lined up for tonight. We've got Live with 55, our guy Brendan Schlittler coming up in just one minute. We've got uh, Mike Hagan, director of the Flames Club. I'll, I'll have to get his official title from him. Something with associate athletic director in there. Mike's a great friend of the show. He's been on several times. Uh, me and Mike actually went to, to Liberty together. I'll try to bring up some of that with him tonight. Uh, and then we've got Stingray. If you guys have never heard of Steven Stingray, uh, he is Mr. SEC. got famous by going on uh, Tosh.0 as a Mississippi State fan. Hugh Freeze reached out to him. He was being bullied about several things online. Hugh Freeze reached out to him when he was an old Miss. This whole thing, now he hosts a show down in Alabama that's syndicated, and he uh, he covers the SEC. So, And uh, he's down in Southern Miss. Him and his co-host, Heath, they will both join us. They're both uh, big on the SC, the uh, Southern Miss team, so they'll kind of give us a preview of that. And then also we'll talk to my good friend and uh, the legend, John Manson, creator, founder of all things, the Sea of Red. That is at 9.30 tonight, uh, So if we stay on track here. And then we also have the Liberty Line with, uh, with Richie Longshot. So 
uh, you know, we, we got a big show planned. And uh, without further ado, let's bring on our guy, Brendan Schlittler, live with 55 and uh, see, see what's going on with the team this week. Brendan, what's up, man? How we doing? Uh, we're doing great. All right, first of all, I want to know, what do you think of your sweet intro video, the picture, <laughs> the rock music? Does that fit your vibe, or are you more of a, like a, a laid-back jazz kind of guy? I'll go with whatever. It, uh, it works. It does, it does the uh, trick, so we'll stick with awesome. it. Awesome. Awesome. Go ahead, Jason. Well, Brandon, what's up, man? Yeah, Jason Porter here. It's good to finally meet you. And uh, and believe it or not, I'm maybe one of the only guys on the podcast who's actually been to Eureka, brother. I know exactly where you're from, right there uh, by well, Six Flags. I used to used to live in West County, so uh, we'll give a little shout out to uh, Cardinal Nation while we're at it, right? But, Amen. Uh, They're on a the roll. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, just just curious. The uh, the old line doesn't always get a lot of love, right? So, I mean, that's kind of always the running joke. But uh, but but from your perspective uh, as a as an offensive lineman, tell us a little bit about life as an offensive lineman, and we'll we'll keep all the other publicity for everybody else. But uh, you guys are in the trenches, man, grinding it out, and I'll got some side stories on uh, offensive linemen later that I'd love to tell. But uh, tell folks a little bit about what life is like as an as an offensive lineman in the in the trenches every game. Gosh, I think two words to sum it up would be tough and rewarding. There's a, a lot of work behind the scenes, a lot of small details, and just a lot of stuff you got to work through. But uh, on the other side, the life lessons you learn as an offensive lineman are probably the best out of any position on the field. You don't get any credit, and you do a lot of work. So uh, it really teaches you how to go throughout life and face adversity and you know, bring people up with you and encourage others. So um, I would say tough and rewarding are the two ways to describe it. Uh, don't get any credit. We come on here every week and just and just just bask in the glory of the offensive line over here. Not really. But, uh, hey, what what's the mood of the team like? I, I saw some videos of Hugh Freeze kind of going through the, the, the crossroads message and all that, and then you all – you finally have game week. You've done all this work all summer. Uh what what do you what's the mood of the team, especially your unit? Are you guys fired up? Are you anxious? Are you just excited? I mean, what what would you how would you categorize the overall mood of the team right now? I would just say we're ready to see our work pay off. Um, especially the offensive line, our team's really, I would say, hit another level this off season as far as uh, preparation, how we go out about other business every single day. And just the standard we've set, so just hoping that pays off and uh, really excited to see what we can do week one. I know everyone's super excited and um, just anxious to see what we can do. You know, you wish it was tomorrow, but you got to wait a few more days, so. Yeah, Brendan, how, how do you make that mind switch between camp life when you guys were grinding and beating heads with teammates across, across the line and just kind of the mundane side of that to – to realize, hey, we're four days away from getting on the plane, or three days, or whatever it is, to to going out and and, and uh, going to finally compete. What's the what's the mindset for you, especially as a leader, especially for some of the young guys, and, and just trying to get them into game week mode? Because obviously the schedules changed now. You're you're in game week mode, week one kind of thing. So how do you guys communicate that among the team? Yeah, I would say it's all about maturity, um, learning how to put your focus in areas that matters the most. So your focus during camp is 
um, building chemistry, just going to work every single day and being able to be consistent. Once you get to game week and, you know, these next couple of days, it's all about focus on preparation, focus on who you're playing, focus on what they're going to do, what you're going to do. And um, if you don't get ready mentally, then it'll just hit you in the face. So you'll you'll be ready one way or another. But um, going into year five, I've learned kind of how to approach it and definitely will share those tips with the other guys. Dude, so you're going into year five and you're only a junior, right? On the field? On the field, yeah. Okay. All right. So here, here's my question is uh, basically with – uh southern miss like you hear you hear the coaches and and i'm not sure if he's this way in the locker room but on press conferences man he has me scared to death about this defense like they got all these transfers sec transfers uh i mean i I know that helps me as a fan kind of set expectations but for you guys as a team is that kind of how how it goes Uh, also game week like do you guys prepare for these guys as you know I mean, to me, Freeze is making them sound like he is on, on basically saying they're the they're the most improved team in the country, and I, I'm starting to believe him. But with all these SEC transfers and the, the, the whole thing, the whole storyline, is that how you guys as team as as players approach it versus us as fans? We're sitting on the outside looking in, like we believe everything Freeze is saying about 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 that team, or do you guys look at it from a more like X's and O's and kind of uh, a next? next game type mentality i think a simple way to put it is we respect everyone we fear nothing um you look at this week anything can happen in week one there's a lot of changes in the offseason schematically sometimes personnel so the things we can focus on that we know we can control is our conditioning and how well prepared we are so those are two things that can override a lot of adversity and we respect the crap out of them but at the end of the day we know we've put in work, so we're not really fearing anything. We're ready to go in there and take care of business. Yeah, and Brendan, that's something I saw, you know, going over the stats from last year. I mean, Southern Miss gave up, what, they had five games where they gave up over 30 points, you know. So I think at some point, even with transfers and everybody else that comes in, at least there's got to be a glimmer of hope where you guys, to your point, uh, have, have done some of the heavy lifting, no unintended, but uh, are ready to kind of get after it. What kind of things are you seeing with the schemes of how you all are matching up against D-line and their defense that uh, have you excited about Saturday Saturday night? I would just say uh, the standard that we built in our room and how we approach every single rep, every single period in practice, I think we're going to be a really strong second half, fourth quarter team um, just by the way that we've been preparing. So that excites me a lot. I think we're in really good shape. Um, I'm excited to see what type of shape we really are in. You really don't know until you play 80 plays in a game. Um, so that's a big factor right there. And then they got a lot of transfers. So um, just see what they can do early on and make adjustments. I, I know Coach K has been in this game for a while. And even on the mock game we had, he was drawing up every single blitz we saw from the scout team, every single play we had. I think our ability to make adjustments this season is going to be pretty pretty good. So um just see what happens, but that's for sure what I'm looking forward to. All right. So before we get to our last question here, and it's one from the chat, uh, tell us a little bit about, so RT Rogers, they sponsor this portion, the live of 55. Tell us a little bit about RT Rogers. If you can remember anything, if you need me to help you out, I got you. This is only week, week one. So uh, tell me about RT Rogers and uh, what they do for a sea of red and how, how they sponsor this segment. 
Yeah, we'll see how I do. Um, so as I mentioned last week, I got to met, meet Greg Rogers, a uh, good friend of Chad's, LU alumni, and um, RT Rogers is an oil-based company, and I think it was established in 1971. They outsourced to six different states, and just as far as professional and um, the way that they get to hard places, and uh, they do a great job of just delivering to every single spot that you call from. Um, I know all their, they have thousands of clients they deliver to daily. So if you have any oil needs in those areas, make sure to hit up the boys. That's right. Hey, not bad. Not be it. Week one, we'll, we'll work on that. All right, here's the final question. It comes from the chat. It's basically, we talked a little bit about this last week. We have a new coach. We have several transfers. We have a ton of new uh, contributors to the offensive line this year. You, you yourself seem to be one of the staples there if you if you'll say that and we lost sergeant and a few other guys who, who were contributors schultz um so what is just your overall feeling with this unit compared to last year's unit not if one's better than the other or not but just where are you at com- in, in terms of uh last year well it's a completely different offensive line um the mentality is completely different the coach is different three of the five stars is different. So um, it's just an opportunity to build a new identity. I think I would say the main difference is just the standard we have for each other and the accountability that we've given each other. So I I would think that that would naturally play into better results. So that's the hope. Um, And that that just plays into part of the anxiousness for Saturday. There's just a lot of things that went on behind the scenes that I'm I'm just excited to see what happens. So uh, those guys all bring a lot of experience. Uh, X Gadlin can play pretty much all five positions. The series started in the SEC. Um, Cam was all Mountain West. So you got guys that have played good ball, and they know how to win, and they've seen winners. And they've played with NFL-caliber guys. Each one of them has played with multiple NFL-caliber linemen. So they know what it takes. So we'll see what happens. But I would say – the standard and the identity is just completely different from last year. Hey, dude, you're a pro's pro. Uh, I, I love doing this with you every year and uh, appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Good luck this weekend. And uh, we'll, all be, we'll all be watching uh, down in Southern Miss. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be rewarding for you guys. And, uh, you know, as, 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 as everybody watching this, look, whenever you watch the game, Try to try to focus on the offensive line for a few plays so we can finally give Brendan some of that shine that he's been looking for in him and his group. So, hey, dude, we, appre- we appreciate you, and we'll talk to you next week. Jason, good luck, Chad, have a good night. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank hey, you. everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Real Team Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years, and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with Legacy Realty and Development. And uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my Liberty University uh, family and the athletics family as well, and enjoying serving them. 
a lot of the uh, graduate assistants and some of the staff that I hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services, which I really appreciate. But certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes, of course. And then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front, too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to, um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add, too, is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well, because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be a uh, service to you and yours. Thanks so much. All right, dude, Porter, I heard you did that in one take. I can't believe that. That was, a, that was impressive, man. Don't believe the hype, man. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> like right, like so, uh, Jason's logo back there, I'm just going to join the Flames Club and put behind me. Yeah, yeah, you need here. to. Yeah, it's, make, it's making my, my, my backdrop looking real, real shabby mm-hmm. over here. All right, we have with us Mike Hagan, good friend of the show, good friend of mine. Uh, Mike, you're doing an incredible job with the Flames Club. I just want to say thank you for, I mean, dude, I I, I know this is kind of a, a running joke, but I honestly do go wait by the mailbox on days when I'm getting deliveries from the Flames Club. It's so much fun to be a part of. You guys are making me feel important, making me feel like I'm contributing. And uh, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You, you guys are really reaching out and, uh, and connecting with people like myself. And uh, yeah. so I just want to say thank you for that. Mm-hmm. We got one then, coming to you next week, Chad. I'll, I'll be there. Just text okay. me when it's on the way. And and so after I buttered you up with that little bit, I have a hard-hitting question for you. Are you sure. ready? Will we have a sellout in Williams Stadium this year? Yeah. Um, that's that's not a hard-hitting question. I think that's a pretty easy one for us. So, um, you know, thanks for the compliments. It has uh, been really fun the last um, three years just to see the growth that we've had. Uh you know, obviously, uh, the, the first year on the job was an interesting one of basically uh, informing people they weren't going to attend our games. Uh, so that, that was rough. But then to uh, have the growth at Williams Stadium last year and then open up Liberty Arena. And then uh, this year, I think we surpassed over 8,200 season tickets late last week. Uh, previous record was 5,100. And uh, I honestly think BYU is going to sell out. Uh, earlier than tech. I think it's going to be in the next couple of weeks, although uh, Amanda Ryder in the ticket office is the expert on that one for us. Uh, a, a big addition to that is because it is a family weekend. So we get a lot of folks that come in, uh, you know, parents, it's their one weekend a year. They they come and spend time with their kids, but 
uh, yeah, I think that one's actually going to hit it pretty quick. And of course, BYU always has uh, a huge following. And I think that's, that's part of what makes it fun here. So uh, looking forward to that one. Yeah, Mike, I think it's uh, I think it's amazing, the, certainly the growth that's gone on. But I think the other thing for those of us that are old school enough to remember the days of uh, Dr. Falwell's vision coming to pass right now, you know, the, yeah. the, uh, of BYU and Notre Dame. I mean, it's, it's incredible that we're halfway there, so to speak. But I think that's uh, I think that's just incredible. And compliments to you guys and all and all, all that you've done. I was actually just uh, it was interesting timing on this, but I literally was with clients today who just moved to the area. And uh, when they were asking what they could do for entertainment, one of the first things that everybody told them, and of course I chimed in as well, was to was to buy season tickets. And yeah. they did that within two weeks of being here. So they're excited for the season coming up. Um, tell us a little bit about well, what kind of things, as your multiple voices out in the out in the community, can we say to further the message of of Flames Club and Flames Nation? Sometimes I think we take it so for granted because we kind of know what goes on on game days. But man, that's hard to explain now. If people haven't been a part of it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, so many people in Lynchburg or in Central Virginia haven't been to a game or haven't been to a game in recent years. And so, uh, as you guys know, the, the changes to Williams Stadium, the changes to what the atmosphere is for Liberty Arena compared to the Vine Center, um, come out and give us a try. I think people will be unbelievably impressed. Uh, we've had a lot of fun recently of converting a lot of uh, who's that used to travel to Charlottesville to, to really cheer on their home team. Or I hear from folks all the time, man, you know, we used to go to tech games and it's two hours there and then an hour to park and uh, it's the game and then getting out of lane stadium and coming back. And uh, I think we offer a better family atmosphere than those institutions won't, won't be shy about that. Um, but coming out, I mean, if it's from a business standpoint, I think our club areas offer unparalleled networking opportunities. And we hear that from a lot of folks yourself. Uh, I mean, Jason, I think you find value in that as a realtor. Um, we hear that from a lot of people. And then, um, you know, folks like Chad and myself, you know, with young kids, I think of FanFest and the opportunity. And uh, for a lot of what we offer, it is an unbelievable value of what you get in a day and spending some time with your family, um, just compared to what there is in the area. I think people are surprised at the quality of atmosphere we provide. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess uh, along with the family atmosphere, the one, one thing that kind of um, I've had a question about because, and I'll just ask you, ask you live right here, my question. So my kids have joined the flames club and, you know, are, so they get in the gate, do they get in the gate for free or do they have to have a ticket? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. So yeah, um, there are, this has changed over the last couple of years, right? Okay. And so um, I believe it is three games they get in for free. I don't believe yes. they get into homecoming tech or BYU. Right. Um, yeah. I think, I think I that's would, right. I would check the kids club website. Um, I don't know that one off the top of my head because uh, I don't spend a lot of time with our kids club uh, questions being transparent, but um, for those games, it does include a berm ticket. And so that's right. Um, that south end zone that, you know, used to, if you put your kids on there last year, they would have rolled to the bottom and, and <laughs> probably been concussed. Uh, I was out there today, walked on the turf for the first time in the cabanas. It's an awesome place. I've actually, uh, a lot of friends who are my age that are coming back for homecoming, that's what they want because 
their kids aren't going to sit in a seat the entire time. Yeah, great. We'll bring a blanket. We're going to park the strollers back behind. Like, you know, their 10 year old is going to bring a football. It's going to just be a great spot for kids and families. Oh, man. That was kind of what I was getting at was like, all right. So if they have to be over the cabana area, that is incredible. It looks like an awesome spot. They flattened it out. I remember back in the day when it was behind the visitor's locker room, Mm -hmm. there was some intense tackle football games being played at a 45 degree angle so this is this is uh this is incredible all right so so sorry that wasn't really my question my question is how are we doing with flames club memberships first of all do we do we have anybody from new mexico joined yet and and then tick season ticket sales how are we doing season ticket sales like comparatively or not not just year over year but where you thought we should be and our goals and kind of that kind of Angle. Yeah, on the you know the season ticket one first. Um, a, a huge credit just uh, the ticket office and uh, our sales team, which has grown. Uh, they have you know uh, we're over eighty two hundred season tickets. You know um, where our cap fluctuates a little bit depending on um, how many tickets BYU is going to return, but we think that number is about ninety one hundred. So that's why we say less than a thousand season tickets left when you add in you know the players' families. Um, a few sponsor tickets, but also, you know, we plan on uh, at least 8,000 students strong out there uh, on the east side. And then the visiting team, uh, th- those numbers to 25,000 get eaten up pretty quick. So uh, we knew this was going to be a big year. Uh, I think we were ambitious to think that we could hit 9,000. We've been going through about 300 season tickets a week uh, the last couple of weeks. So I think we're going to get there before. Uh, the Akron game, at least, you know, we'll, we'll continue to sell season tickets through game one. And especially a lot of people who have single game tickets, will call them up afterwards and say, Hey, you know, would you like to convert that to a season ticket? So um, still great opportunities, but the seats are, it, it's kind of slim pickings now. And uh, I had a couple of people call this week wanting to get club tickets. And we told them, Hey, uh, club tickets sold out in March. And we had a waiting list in March to get in the club. And folks who haven't gone to games or were season ticket holders three or four years ago are just shocked. Uh, you know, four years ago, we didn't sell out of club tickets. So um, on the membership side, you know, uh, hit 4,100 members last year or 40, 4,300 members. Uh, just in, incredibly blessed by the support that comes out. Uh, I would say I think we are a little bit ahead of schedule of what we, we thought we could be. Uh, in our transition to FBS, uh, you know, one, two interesting anecdotes on there. Uh, we hit 2,500 members two weeks ago. Last year, we didn't hit that until giving day in November. The year prior, we didn't hit 2,500 members until January. And the year before, we finished it with 1,700 members. So uh, if you think of what that process is, month to month catching up to us, um, it's phenomenal. Uh, the other one is, uh, you know, two years ago, we had no parking in La Haye, which is now the uh, relevant law tailgating lot. Right. And that, that's that's a lot of spaces. I think it's uh, 350. We didn't have any parking in front of the mosque and we had never done paid parking in docks. So now we have every parking space from McAdoo's to the Vine Center. And we ran out of parking last week. So that's just a great visual of how many people it takes to support our teams and even growing that. So folks who joined at the Eagle level or higher today and buy season tickets, they're getting a docks parking pass for the whole week because we have essentially, or the whole season. 
because we run out of parking spaces in our donor lots. It's a great problem to have. Bring them on in more and more. Um, they are building two more parking lots for us that'll come online mid-season, but just uh, I think that's probably the best visual of how many people it takes to support a team is every parking space from McAdoo's to the Vine Center. Wow. Mike, we know the home game experience is unbelievable. Uh, shifting just real quick to some of the road games, you guys have put so much time and, and, and effort into the tailgate experience on the road. Um, it's incredible seeing the tents. Obviously, every different venue has different numbers and things like that. But talk a little bit about what goes into the road road game uh, tailgate opportunities for Flames Club members that may be watching, maybe hitting the road with Flames Nation. Yeah, thanks, Jason. So we'll do three events this year. Um, we're at Wake Forest. Uh, Wake was great. They gave us a spot about 100 yards from uh, the stadium. Uh, really excited. The band is going down there, Spirit of the Mountain. Uh, they bring a lot of energy. We also had a donor uh, step forward and purchase 150 tickets for students. And so I know um, student claims to members and general students for 30 bucks, they get a bus ticket, the game ticket, and I think a meal. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty good deal down and back to, to Winston-Salem. Uh, we're going to do that at ODU as well, and we're going to do a tailgate at Arkansas. So um, what's interesting is working with these schools, we are still finalizing a lot of details. Of course, they're trying to prep for their home season as well. But, uh, you know, a couple of years, five, ten years ago, uh, what was interesting is uh, appreciate Bob Good and his leadership at the time, but we would do it in a tent at every away game. The easy thing was, Hey, we're at Campbell, we're at Gardner-Webb, we're at BMI, places we knew everyone could drive to. These weren't televised games, so you knew four months in advance they were going to be at 3 o'clock. People could make plans. Um, what we run into now is, you know, the SEC is not going to tell us until 10 days out what time we're playing at Arkansas. So it's a little bit tougher for people to plan. Um, we have to plan, hey, we could have a noon kickoff and we're serving everybody breakfast or we could be an 8 p.m. late night SEC and uh, we're getting back at four o'clock in the morning. But uh, whatever it is, we're game for it. We're excited just to, to meet a lot of our folks. Always encourage. We have a lot of online students that show up. And uh, for a lot of them, that's their first ever Liberty game is when we're in Texas or Arkansas or Florida. And it's very fun to kind of bring Liberty to them and uh, for that they get to you know, participate because they've never been to campus. Awesome. So, <clears throat> Mike, I guess, uh, how do you navigate as a Flames Club director here? And, and I told I told everybody I'll get your title wrong, so I'm sorry. But how do you navigate? How do you navigate? Uh, you know, you have such an amazing home schedule this year uh, with v- Virginia Tech and BYU both coming to town. I, I personally have seen the. Uh, the emails and the, and the discussions about those two games. Are you guys, is that something you guys are capitalizing on in terms of like, Hey, this is the year to make the big push to get, to get that, that membership up before we join conference USA and our home home schedule is decent, but it's not Virginia tech BYU going forward. Is that something you guys are talking about internally to make sure that you're, 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 you're kind of, I, I hate to use the word capitalizing, but that's what it is. You're capitalizing on yeah. great opponents. Yeah. It's a, it's a great question. And, um, I was texting back and forth with one of our uh, uh, donors today, and he was asking how he could get um, more tickets to Virginia Tech. And I said, I I don't mean for this to feel like a squeeze, but um, your son who graduated 
you know, two years ago should get a membership and buy six tickets. And uh, you own a business as well. Your your business should join the Flames Club at some level and and get six tickets as well. And um, part of what that does is it, it does capitalize, right? It gets more people involved. Um, I think what it also does is it protects our members and our fans value of their membership and really protects our fan base that when they show up on November 19th, it's going to be red and not orange and maroon. Um, if we just open it up to everybody, a lot of folks could uh, just go in and buy single game tickets. And for our folks that either they joined this year or they joined two or three years ago and have stepped up to kind of make an investment in our student athletes, we want to make sure that we protect that value to them. So um, it is a little bit of capitalizing on it. We want to grow and it's a great opportunity to do so. Like I said, um, I think when people come out and especially if they're new to the area, like Jason first asked, coming to any one of our games, whether it's UAB, Akron, um, they're going to be amazed at the product that they see in our game day environment and how our student athletes perform on the field. So um, we want to take take advantage of that to introduce new people to what uh, the Flames Club and just being a Liberty fan is. Awesome. Well, uh, J- uh, Mike, Jason, do you have any more questions for Mike here? I, there's no stone unturned. Mr. Hagan <laughs> has answered everything tonight. Yeah. Well, hey, hey. I got to say, I credit the ticket office. Um, Assistant AD for tickets, Amanda Ryder, text me your kids club question, Chad. Uh, it is everyone. Uh, it's all home games except Virginia Tech. Is kids oh. club is on the So we want that for overflow. Um, the, uh, the other one I would just add here is um, game day this year. If you haven't seen the walk returns, okay? So that will be through FanFest. And if you have that Flames Club pregame tailgate, they're actually going to walk right down the middle of it. Um, and so fun of, you know, get there. Uh, gates open at 2.30 for FanFest. It's usually like two two hours and five minutes. So thinking, you know, uh, I don't know what that time is. Uh, 2.55, 3.55, uh, 3.55, the team will walk through there. Great thing. Also, um, for anybody coming to the home games this year, uh, we have changed some of the, the traffic routes on campus, right? And so we're sending out some emails this week and some reminders next week. Um, it's a little bit different. Uh, hopefully it makes things smoother, smoother on campus and off campus. But um, it's not spam. Don't delete that email. Mm-hmm. Read it. Know, as we said, you know, um, run your route. Know what coach is calling for, which you're going right, left, you know, uh, to, to get on campus and, and get there Awesome. Hey, Mike, dude, you're killing it. I love it. I will definitely be texting, calling the Flames Club every day from now till Saturday. That's what I do. I call them and say, hey, can I have uh, this or that? Or I, I'm, I, just, I just love it. I, I call them. They're so friendly. I just honestly, I pick up the phone in the middle of the day and I was like, ah, I just need to talk to somebody. And I call the Flames Club and I'm saying, hey, guys, uh, what about baseball tickets? And they're like, Chad, Baseball tickets don't go sale for like three months. And I'm like, well, when will they go on sale? And I just have this long conversation with the Flames Club rep because they're so cool and friendly. And uh, you're doing a great job, man. Can't wait to see you on, I guess, uh, on the 10th. I'll see you at, at a game. And uh, any anything else you got to get to here? You know, I just uh, I throw out there uh, another big addition this year is Tailgate Town. Uh, yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, especially the last um, couple of days, you know, if uh, 
you want the ease of we set up the tent, the chairs, the table, cooler full of ice, uh, a yellow lot parking pass or at the bookstore. We even have students that'll help unload your car and carry it to your tent for you. Uh, stays open for an hour after the game ends. So uh, I hope we get to those colder games. We get some kids with uh, some wars and things going on out there post game. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, Jason, I'll put you on the spot. You own a small business. Uh, you want to entertain clients type stuff. Uh, or it's just, we had spoke with somebody at Fan Appreciation Day, a uh, loyal family there in Florida. They're like, man, this is great. I don't have to lug my stuff here. We want a tailgate. You guys will have everything set for me. Um, we can just all show up, enjoy food, and then go into the game. And so we're trying to just uh, make it as easy as possible for a tailgating experience. Hey, I'm, I'll be there. I'll be there. I can't wait. Tailgate Town's going to be a lot of fun. I'll start right. mine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you stop by wait, and say hi wait, to everybody. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know yet. We got to okay. get the list of approved vendors. I'll call the Flames Club tomorrow <laughs> and ask them what's going on. Yeah. Um, hey, Mike, Jason, appreciate you guys. And uh, thank you guys so much for joining in tonight. And uh, we'll be doing it again soon. Thank you guys both. Thank you guys. Go Flames. Yeah. Wow, that was like, listen, first of all, let me shout out my guy, Nick, the producer, one more time, just with these amazing like transitions and videos. It's so much fun. Uh, We are joined now by Stingray, Stephen Ray, and Heath Hopkins. Uh, They are, they both cover the SEC for, uh, Stingray, why don't you tell us where we can find you, where we can listen to you guys, and what all you guys are doing, and, uh, and, and basically what you're into these days. Well, right back behind me there, you can see the Stingray Show. We are actually on Tide 100.9, a uh, local radio station down here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We are on Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, and, of course, Saturday nights as well, covering college football. But not only college football, we also cover the SEC as well, and we love college football. We love college baseball. We just love it all, don't we, Heath? <laughs> Stephen pays me to say things, so you know I, I don't know where to go with that. No, uh, I'm the big baseball nerd. Uh, I absolutely love baseball, all phases of it. Matter of fact, I just came from baseball practice, uh, coaching my team. Uh, I'm coaching three teams this fall, and, and that doesn't account the other teams. My kids are around playing football and cheer and the other stuff they do but no Stephen and I do an SEC show and uh we're, we're a bunch of we're not an insider show we're an outsider show and mm-hmm. our show is more about telling stories and mm-hmm. uh we've had some legendary interviews some big names some legendary interviews and some really great guys that have come on the show and oh, yeah. uh very grateful and thankful for that a lot of guys that I used to read growing up or watch on tv or see or even coach on the sidelines and uh, we've had a plethora of blockbuster guests, yeah. and um, that's what our show's about, is telling of days gone by and getting their insight of what's going on in the world today. And it's been absolutely fascinating this summer to hear all those voices talk about NIL and Transfer Portal and conference realignment and where we're heading and how it used to be and all that fun stuff. 
And, and awesome. Chad, we've actually had you on before talking about uh, the coaching search. Now, of course, that was when we were an internet show and we've had Coach Freeze on a number of times. So obviously we do cover the Liberty Flames whenever uh, Liberty has a huge game and especially when they come down south. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that first. Before we get into the Southern Miss game, uh, Stingray, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Hugh Freeze, how it developed. Uh, I know he sent you some stuff here over the last couple of uh, last year or so. Uh, what is it about Hugh Freeze? How did you guys connect and why does he come on your show? I mean, in, in terms of you guys cover the SEC, we're Liberty Flames, we're independent yes. football. Uh, what is it that you and you and Hugh Freeze have going on and, and uh, how did you guys connect? Well, I want to interrupt real quick. They're third cousins. Oh, no, I made that up. In <laughs> Mississippi, it's it's all it's all relative, right? Right. Hey, um, back when I was doing the cowbell clanging Mississippi State rants back in 2014, 15, 16, and 17, early on when I started, Coach Freeze was actually the head coach at Ole Miss. And he would always, I heard this last year at an old, and when he went back to Ole Miss, a guy on uh, the current Liberty staff told me that Coach Freeze used to play my rants for the team every single egg bowl. Wow. Week and to get them fired up and to get them excited for the game upcoming that week. And so I'm going to have to ask Coach Freeze if that's actually true or not, but I do believe that it is. And when, you know, you know, there is a bad side to social media. Obviously, you know, you have a lot of haters out there, and, you know, people can be real mean. And so I called a lot of flack from a lot of people out there and coach freeze was nice enough to send me a personal message telling me, don't let the negative haters uh, deter me from reaching my passion and my goals. And that he really, really loved my passion. Even though I was a Mississippi state fan, he loved what I did for the game of college football and for the sec. And so we started talking back and forth on Twitter from that. And then when I got the show, Coach Freeze was actually our second guest on the show. Amazing. So that is incredible. I love that story. And he sent you a yes. hat and some shirts last oh, year. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Heath, he, uh, now, tell me a little bit about your connection with Southern Miss. I know you cover the SEC. Uh, but back when back in back when they were going for, through their coaching search, I, I, I watched your guys' show pretty regular. And and one of the things you were saying was that that you know Hugh Freeze could possibly take that Southern Miss job because of his uh, he, that's his alma mater. Um, it sounded like you. I, I'm not sure. Tell tell us about your connection to Southern Miss and and, and uh, how that's relevant to our game week this week. Well, I'm sure everyone there at Liberty knows. <clears throat> Coach Freeze, uh, you know, played baseball at Southern Miss. Mm -hmm. uh, he graduated from Southern Miss, and he's a Golden Eagle. And um, you know, you always have that, you know, yearning to go home. Do you want to take the pay cut, though? Do you want that? Yeah. You know, and and, and sometimes it's not always Coach's decision. Sometimes it's Mrs. Coach's decision. You know, so um, with that, Liberty's a much better job than Southern Miss. It is. You know, Southern Miss used to be a premier program. 
uh, back in the eighties, late seventies, early eighties. It was a premier program. It was the team you did not want to play. You did not want to schedule. I mean, that's Florida state. I mean, they, Bobby mm-hmm. Bowden got whipped several times by Southern Miss. So uh, it, it was a situation where Southern Miss was a phenomenal team. But over the years, it kind of went. And let's talk about Mississippi politics very quickly. Ole Miss and Mississippi State got together because they were getting whipped by Southern Miss every year. They was like, look, we don't have to play these guys. And mm-hmm. so it would kill their program if we stopped playing them. So we have to play each other because we're in the SEC. But we don't have to play them. And so that's what happened. And that was the slow decline for Southern Miss. And um, it it just kind of went downhill from there. But, you know, I'm here in northwest Mississippi. Um, Hugh Freeze's parents had the same uh, boss as my parents or my mom. They were in the Soto County school system. I'm in Soto County right now. I'm in Hernando, Mississippi. Uh, And just about 10 minutes south of me is Independence and Cenotopia, where where Hugh Freeze, uh, his stomping grounds were. Uh, growing up as a kid and where family still is. There's a lot of freezes still in this area, all over this area. And they all look alike. So you know it when you see them. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's uh, this is kind of home here. So did I ever really think he was going to leave uh, Liberty? No. Liberty's a much better job. It is. <laughs> and and I know there's a lot of Southern Miss people that I know that that pains them to still hear that. But that's a factual statement. Right. And that's not an opinion or anything like that. Uh, it, Liberty is a phenomenal situation. It's a program on the rise. And Liberty can kind of pick and choose. And they enjoy being independent. Coach Freeze talked about that multiple times on our show. Mm-hmm. You know, I did te- tease Coach Freeze when he came on the show. I said, Coach, I, I wouldn't dare ask you about the opening at Southern Miss. Uh, that would be improper and unprofessional of me. But is your wife mm-hmm. happy or shocked about uh, real estate prices in Hattiesburg, Mississippi? And, of course, he got a big laugh out of that. But, um, you know, it, <clears throat> it, it, have you ever been to Hattiesburg? Have you ever been to the Hub City? I have been one time on my way to Mobile. Yeah, there's not much there. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's it's a wonderful place with wonderful people. The great thing about Mississippi, it doesn't matter what town you're in, it's the people of Mississippi that make the state so phenomenal. Yeah, uh, it's the hospitality state for a reason. But if you're going to raise your kids, if, if you're going to have a situation, you you don't you don't want to be in Hattiesburg. If 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 your two coaching destinations are Liberty and Hattiesburg, uh, and Southern <laughs> Miss, you're, you're going to choose Liberty. Yeah, nine hundred ninety nine times out of a thousand. Awesome. Well, uh, Stingray, let's talk about the game this weekend. I know that you have uh, gotten media credentials. You'll mm-hmm. be there covering the game, which is going to be awesome. Um, and, and talk to me about – so I was reading today that I think it was nine or ten SEC transfers to Southern mm-hmm. Miss this year. Eight of them are on defense. You guys you guys keep your nose to the grind. Is that even the right uh, expression? You guys know <laughs> what's going on in the, in the SEC. What is it about SEC transfers that, that gets everybody so excited? We have a couple at Liberty ourselves, but it's like – Okay, they were good enough talent to go to the SEC, and now they're here. Uh, what do you guys see, uh, Stingray? Is, is it mostly academic? Is it playing time? Is it just they were overrated in terms of their – tell me about what you think of these eight transfers on the defense from SEC. What are the majority of those kids going to be like, and can they contribute year one at, at Southern Miss? Absolutely, because with the college football down here in the South, it's just a different animal. And these players know 
how to play ball. They play with aggression and they play with a chip on their shoulders. Now, a lot of these guys probably were not able to play because there were other good talent ahead of them, kind of like at Alabama, kind of like at LSU, other places like that. Yes, you know, at places like that, you are just a number on the uh, roster until you get to your later years there in college. And so I think that that's what they ultimately went to Southern Miss for, was that a place like Southern Miss, if you are an SEC-type talent, you do stand a much better chance to play week in and week out because there's not anybody else breathing down your neck ahead of you or behind you with that kind of talent level. And I'd like to add on to a little bit to that. Some guys just want a fresh start. Yeah, You know, uh, sometimes uh, transferring back to Hattiesburg is a little bit closer to home if you're from South Mississippi. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some guys, uh, hardly ever it's grades. Sometimes it is, but hardly ever it is. But, you know, I heard Manny Diaz one time speak when he was at MTSU. And Manny Diaz called it butt guys. He, he goes, we recruit butt guys. And I was like, I've never heard the term butt guys. And, and, and he explained what butt guys were. And he goes, well, he's everything, but he's small. He's a great football player, but he's a little weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a super uh, phenomenal tackler, but he's a little bit slow. He, you know, he, and so there, there's always a but there behind mm-hmm. it. He's this, but he's not fast. He's this, but he's not strong. He's this, but he doesn't have the size. He's this, he's not strong, whatever it is. And so uh, he talked about the difference of a place like MTSU and coming into the SEC, he goes, you can't you can't win with the butt guys. You got to have mm-hmm. speed in this league to win. Yeah. And so some guys go to college and they're the next best thing, and then another five star, four star comes in and they're better than them. Right. And it, it's and it's not like they're a lot better than them. They're just a shade better. They're just a shade more consistent. And so now it's like, well, do I want to wait here and play behind this guy and be his backup for the next three years, or do I want to transfer and be the man? And I could be all conference if I go somewhere else. And that's what we're seeing at Southern Miss. Yeah. Yeah. I I would, you know, that's kind of what we've seen too. I mean, case in point, Malik Willis. I mean, Malik Willis, he comes to us and he's a, you know, he's, he's, he's athletic. He's got the arm, but he's not accurate. And he comes to Liberty and and, and gets that fixed up. So, uh, Chad. Yeah, go ahead. What about Charlie Brewer? That's another great example. Went to Baylor went to Utah and is now at Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these transfers are different. They're a different kind of animal. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'll be honest with you. They have eight of them on the defense down there at Southern Miss and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the coach is doing a great job of bringing those guys and selling them. Freeze kind of brought up something Heath brought up there. Freeze said, look, most of the transfers to Mississippi are guys coming back home. Like yeah. if you're from Mississippi, you don't venture very far. He nope. said in his his recruiting experience, uh, you did, you maybe went a state or two over, but you didn't lose Mississippi guys to the north or to the west. You basically kept them there at home, and so most of those transfers are coming home. Um, Heath, uh, a question for you about the game Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> It's it's kind of it's kind of odd. We've never had really coaches do this, but Hugh Freeze constantly is talking up the other team about how great they are and how the three and a half point spread isn't very accurate and it's more of a toss up. And then you read Southern Miss coach 
And he's talking about, oh, the spread should be more 17, 18 and a half. They're, they're way better than we are. And they're for the last four years, and we haven't done anything. And they've, they've won three straight bowl games and goes on and on. Uh, I don't know what to believe as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a person mm-hmm. who is kind of trying to prognosticate this thing. I can't, you can't listen to the coaches. Is that pretty regular? I, I, introduce yeah. me to this to this coach speak because it's not something that I speak fluently. He <laughs> tell me what these coaches are talking about when one saying it should be an eighteen point spread and one saying it should be a, a, a toss up game. Are they just trying to set expectations? What is going on this week? Uh, it's a page out of Lou Holtz's playbook. Lou Holtz would talk about how terrible his team is. That's what. <laughs> Hugh Freeze is kind of doing uh, and talking about how to, and he's sending a, he's sending a message to his team through the media, you know, and then <clears throat> Will Hall there at Southern Miss uh, taking the same page out of Lou Holtz's playbook. And Lou would tell the other team, Lou could be ranked in the top 10. You know, we barely got a team to get together. We, if we're going on Noah's Ark, we don't have two of anything. We're so banged <laughs> up and bruised and, you know, we, we can't do anything, and he's—I he's, uh, I don't even know if we can survive the bus ride down there. And <laughs> you know, Lou Holtz would make his team sound like they're the worst thing, you know, the pack rack nine, uh, <laughs> and they were going to play with ten players all game on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, Lou would do that, uh, um, <clears throat> but at the same time, at practice, he is firing them up. Will Hall's a fiery guy. He's a very fiery guy. Uh, expect Will Hall to have those guys prepped and ready, but he hasn't got his culture set in place. He doesn't no. have his system set in place. He's got eight brand new faces on defense that they're not, they might even know each other's last names yet. I mean, you know, it, it, they're not meshing. So <clears throat> it, I expect this to be a building experience for, for Southern Miss and they're going to play with emotion. They will, but, you know, I don't buy for a second with Coach Freeze or any coach. They're going back home to, to their alma mater. Oh, it's just another I'm not, you know, that's not a big deal. It, yes, it is. It's a huge deal. And and, yeah. and and he's saying the right things. He's saying the absolute right things. But you know what? Every Everybody in that locker room for the Flames, they know Coach Freeze is going back home, and they want to win this for him. Yeah, it's a big awesome. deal for those guys in the locker room, strapping up, playing the game. It's a very big deal to go out there and win for coach. So I expect Liberty to to, to come out there and match that intensity, if not more. And, and let's just face it. I think there's a better community. I think there's a better culture. And and, and things are meshing together. I know you're replacing uh, a decent bit, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But you, at least you've got some uh, – everybody knows each other's names and nicknames <laughs> are probably your pet's name and your girlfriend's name and, you know – so th- there's there's more of a home feeling, a family feeling there at Liberty. And awesome. Southern Miss, they'll get there, but they're not going to get there for game one. All right, Stingray, uh, as you're going to the game in Hattiesburg, uh, tell us tell us your storyline you're looking for. What's the question you're going to ask Q Freeze if you get a chance before the game? What is kind of that you're looking forward to to kind of figuring out on Saturday? It's a pretty cool deal that it's the uh, it's week one and and we have Stingray headed to Hattiesburg to cover the Flames. I'm pumped about that. One 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 thing: Will you be wearing your Flames gear? I probably shouldn't up in the media box, but at least traveling to the game. And then uh, and then what what kind of questions you're going to be asking? What's the storylines you're going to be watching? Well, I hate to bring this up, but I am a weather nerd as well, and I am a 
uh, in school over at Mississippi State right now, get pursuing my broadcast meteorology degree, and it does look like that it is going to be rather wet down there on Saturday for the game, and especially across the entire southeast. So I'm interested to see how well both teams play in the rain and if there's any kind of a delay, because, you know, I would like to ask and see what each coach does to try to get their teams prepared if there is a said delay in the game. Wow, that is uh, that is on point. I I should have known that was coming from you, but uh, I was down at the bowl, had a little bit of a delay. And let me right. tell you, Freeze is like a caged animal back there. When there's a delay, he's like, "We're starting this thing on time, aren't we? We're doing this on time." And and, and he's he just gets he gets uh, antsy. Uh, right. Heath, last question for you guys here is uh, away from the game a little bit. Tell me. I want you. I want you to go and pretend you're a baseball scout here for a minute, and I'm a major league baseball organization. I want you to give me the breakdown on Hugh Freeze's baseball game. What, what was he a good glove? Was he a good bat? Could he could he get down the first baseline? Give us a little bit about Hugh Freeze on the baseball field. Hugh Hugh's a little bit older than I am. Um, he, he, he's going. I've heard he was a pretty stout third baseman. I've I've heard that. Um, I heard he was one heck of a quarterback in high school. He was a phenomenal little football player in high school. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Cenotopia is not – I don't know if you've ever been to Cenotopia, but it's um, it's probably about the size of your cafeteria, the last one you've been <laughs> in. It's not that big. It, it's it's a small place. It's known as the five-star city. And, uh, oh, gosh, I, I can't name the five stars. Education, industry, I don't know. The uh, yeah, make something nice up for the Chamber of Commerce, you know, whatever you want to fill in there. But the five star city, Cenotopia, but um, <clears throat> Cenotopia is a tiny town. It's a wonderful little town. Again, uh, Mississippi's place. I will say this the, the Toby Town Twin Cinema, it, they have more than a Twin Cinema now. Uh, I think they have four screens. Uh, that's definitely the place you want to take your kids to watch a movie because it feels like you're going back in time. And they serve white lightning there, which I think is like red, Fanta, and Sprite. Uh, uh, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, it's it's something out of the movies. It really is. Uh, but Hugh Freeze, from what I heard, was a dynamic little athlete. I will say this. <clears throat> I know when he was at Lambeth, and, and a lot of people don't know this about Coach Freeze, and, and it won't shock you when I tell you this. He has won big everywhere he has been. He has always won everywhere he has been and won big. Um, But when he was at Lambeth, his name kind of came up for the Memphis job way back when. And they just like, we're not going to hire this guy. You know, he, he's at Lambeth and that school's going to shut down. And, 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 but there were some people here in Memphis some boosters that were kind of floating his name and pushing his name. Wanting him to be hired. Now uh, I want to say that was back around 2009 uh, when that was going down and, and the football media world would have been like, who is this Hugh guy? You know, they, they wouldn't you know he, if he would have gone to Memphis, he would have been hired away by now if he did, but uh, he would have won so big in Memphis and Memphis would have thrown up a FedEx would have ponied up a lot of money. <laughs> to keep, Cause I mean, Cenotopia Memphis is like a 25 minute drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, this would have yeah. been home. They would have ponied up a lot of money and there was a rivalry with Ole Miss and, 
Southern Miss doesn't like Ole Miss. Now, I heard he did grow up an Ole Miss fan. I did hear that. but uh, and, and I hear he still goes back to Oxford quite a bit. And matter of fact, on our show, he talked about going to Taylor Grocery, which looks like some old grandma's house out in the middle of the sticks. Uh, and they serve excellent hamburgers. It's amazing. But uh, one of the best hamburgers you'll ever eat, I'll promise you that. But um, <clears throat> with that, Hugh Freeze has always won. He's always going to be a winner. Yeah. And, you know, um, he's the kind of guy that, you know, he teaches character off the field too. And you got to respect that. You know, we've all, we've all fallen short. We've all made mistakes. We're not going down that road. Um, you know, but he, he's the kind of guy that um, if Hugh Freeze was your neighbor, you would like him. You yes. would. And that's, and, awesome. and that's the kind of guy he is. And uh, a lot of people talk about certain guys and, and I, I want to say a lot of names, a lot of former head coaches and current head coaches, they were your next door neighbor. You couldn't stand them. You you wouldn't like them at all. But they're your head coach. You love them. Uh, Hugh Freeze is not that guy. Mark Rick was that guy. You always Mark Rick. It seems like the kind of guy you were out on vacation. Go, hey, we need your yard for you uh, and mowed it for you while you were gone. You know, this is like something yeah. Mark Rick would do for you. Kind of same thing with Hugh Freeze. He check your mail. He'd water your plants. He he do some things for you. Awesome. Hey, guys, you guys are a blast. I love your show. I will be watching throughout this season. College football is back, gentlemen. Uh, yes. Heath, Heath, I love that uh, you always get the suit coat on, always looking <laughs> professional. Uh, Stingray, love the weather analysis, as you. always. Uh, you guys are a blast. Love love having you guys on. Um, and, you know, looking forward to uh, seeing you down in Hattiesburg. And uh, go you. Flames. Thank you guys so much, and Chad, uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Hey, yeah, Chad, real quick, can I say one last thing before we go? Yes, sir. I'm picking the Flames 45 to 10 over the Southern Miss. Wow, Saturday. Wow, with a new quarterback, that. that's a lot of points, Stephen. I, I love I, it. I, I love I'll it. jump on that bandwagon. I think Liberty wins. I think they win by double digits, but I think it's going to be a close game till late third early fourth but uh i do that but hey before I, I jump off nick i know we never met i know you're producing but hey i i worked in television for a long time and you guys are doing the dirt work and you guys are doing the grind keep up the great work yes. that was a great little 11 second graphic that you put up there yeah. and y'all got a very professional looking show keep up the phenomenal work i was actually really impressed when i signed off y'all keep it up Yes, sir. Hey, thanks, guys, and enjoyed it. And with all that prognostication, it's time to get to the Liberty line with our favorite Richie Longshots. Let's get it. This is Richie Longshots with the week one edition of the Liberty line. And I'm not going to waste any time. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to ignore the elephant in the room. I had another joke planned for this part as well, but it would have gotten me canceled, and that's the coward's way out. I'm 0-3. I'm going to face the music. I'm not going to go get myself canceled because I had one bad week. That's not me. But I knew it was doomed when Scott Frost kicked an onside kick up 11. He had all the momentum in the world, and he pissed it away. But that's neither here nor there, because everybody knows week zero is like the Old Testament in the Bible. It doesn't really count. And we're on to week one. Week one when everyone gets to play. The good teams, the bad teams, and everyone else in between. It reminds me of move-in week back in Lynchburg. When you move into your dorm and you're trying to figure out 
Who are the kids that are going to be on your intramural sports teams? And who are the kids that are going to snitch on you for going to sheets at 3 a.m. in the morning? And now's a good time for us to jump in, take some chances, right the wrongs from week zero, and make a little bit of money. There's nowhere to go but up, and who better to start than with our own Liberty Flames. And we kick off our 2022 football season with a trip to Southern Miss. Currently, Liberty is three and a half point favorites with an over-under at 49 and a half. If you're new to sports betting, that means Liberty has to win by four points or more in order to cover the spread. Now, this is week one, so it's really difficult to look at current trends and current situations. So we are going to look a little bit at years past. So last year, neither team was great against the spread. Liberty was like five and six, if you count the bowl game, and Southern Miss three and seven. Uh, Liberty is a favorite, though, five and five, while Southern Miss as a home underdog, oh and four. I think this game is going to be close. I agree with the line. I think the game's going to be within a touchdown because of both teams' defenses. There's a lot of questions on offense. Uh, what's Charlie Brewer going to look like? What is that offensive line going to do? Uh, on the flip side, Liberty has a great defense, uh, a veteran defensive line going up against a Southern Miss team that does not have a ton of veterans at the offensive line position. So it's cliche, but the game is going to be one within the trenches. So close game. Uh, could go either way. Three and a half is tough because if you know we kick a field goal at the end, you know we're going to win the game. That's great, but we're not going to cover the spread. However, I've done some digging. I've looked back at the last two years and I said, what was our week one spread and what happened? Last year we were playing, I think, Campbell, and the books opened it up at like minus 23 and a half. And I said, this is unbelievable. And I unloaded on Liberty and they won big. The year before was kind of the opposite. Liberty were 14-point underdogs against Western Kentucky. They went into the game, and they flat-out won outright. So, Liberty, in the last two years, have won and covered in their home opener. And for that reason and that reason alone, and the fact that I trust Hugh Freeze, I am going to go with Liberty minus 3.5. I think they can win the game by 4, maybe win the game by a touchdown. That experience of Charlie Brewer, he's played in big-time stadiums before. This is not him coming in. He's got experience, and I think he's going to be able to get us over the hump. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the packages, uh, you know, Salter season coming in, uh, red zone opportunities, and I, I think our defense gets it done. They're going to make a, a huge play, maybe a pick six. Scoop and score allows us to end up covering the spread. But... I also lean the under, but uh, that's boring. Life's too short. So my first pick of the week, week one, Liberty minus three and a half. This is Tuesday. If I get this number at three, I'm going to get it at three. I'm going to wait and see. I'd probably play it um, anywhere forward under. If it got to five, six, or seven, I'm not going to play it. Three and a half, maybe four. I'd love to see it go the other way. But week one, Liberty game, Flames minus three. But if you can't wait until Saturday to start doing a little bit of gambling, you can get started on Thursday night. There's like four or five games. It is going to be rip-roaring. And the biggest game, I think the, one of the most fun games of the week, and I've had this game circled for a while, is Pittsburgh-West Virginia. It is the McAfee Bowl, the backyard brawl, the first time these teams are playing each other in a while. And I love 
West Virginia in this spot. One of West Virginia's biggest issues last year was its offense. They never could get anything going, which is tough when you're you're in the Big 12. You need to score points. They have a new offensive coordinator in Graham Harrell, the guy that threw for a trillion yards when he was in college at Texas Tech. He is an innovator on offense. Pittsburgh losing, obviously, Kenny Pickett. Uh, they lost uh, Jordan Addison, their top wide receiver. He's at USC. Uh, they lost their offensive coordinator. It's a huge game. I could see West Virginia just getting up for that game. And at seven and a half, all West Virginia's got to do is keep it within a touchdown, and they are going to be there and they are going to cover that spread. Friday night, little Virginia rivalry game in state. We got Virginia Tech coming to visit. Old Dominion. Old Dominion was one of the hottest teams in college football at the end of last season. Uh, they, they covered like the last six games they played in, and Virginia Tech has lost a ton of talent. New coach, they're coming on the road. Uh, Virginia Tech's 3-9 and nine against the spread in their last 12 games. They lost their quarterback, they lost their last two wide receivers, and they are going into what's probably going to be the same way that the Virginia Tech home game for us is the biggest home game in history. This is, this is it for Old Dominion. This is going to be their biggest home game of all time. The students are just co- coming back. They're going to be there. It is going to be crazy. It's going to be a lot for Virginia Tech to come in. There's going to be no enter Sandman. This is going to be Old Dominion. They are also getting, uh, I think it's up to eight and a half now. And I think that that's a great number. I could see Old Dominion keeping it close. Again, that's another game. If you lose by a touchdown, you still cover the spread and get the win. So that's our Thursday and Friday picks, but Saturday we have a chalk full of games. I'm going to be watching them live from an unnamed sports book in Atlantic City, and I'm hoping that we're going to have a couple winners. Now, I already gave Liberty minus three and a half for Saturday, but I want to give two more games to give us a total of five games for the week. Goal is going to be to go three and two, start to right the ship, go above 50%, moving in the right direction. First game that I absolutely love is a future uh, team on Liberty schedule, and that is BYU. They are giving 12 and a half against USF. BYU, super sneaky team this year. I think they are in a great spot, um, going to go in on the road and, and win by two touchdowns at the very least. I could see this spread uh, changing a little bit. Uh, right now it's around 12, 12 and a half, but we're going to go from there. And last but not least, you need a good 12 o'clock game. And for me, that is NC State minus 11 against ECU. I love NC State this year. I think they are a sleeper team to win the ACC. Ton of returning talent. They won some games last year. It's a team that knows how to win. Um, And I think they're coming into that thinking like, hey, we are going to be a team that if we run the table, we're going to be thinking about the playoffs. So they're going to come in, uh, shut the door on ECU. It's another game. I think they win by two touchdowns. So five game card this week. There's really nowhere to go but up. Uh, the rumors are floating around that I'm going to be at Wake Forest. I can't confirm or deny anything, but I can confirm that if I don't have a win by the time I get to Wake Forest, I probably shouldn't go to the game. I should probably sell the airport tickets and, and figure out a way to get some money back coming in rather than just losing it away. Remember, this is all for fun. Don't. Spend all your money, don't waste all your money, tithe, all that good stuff. Keep tweeting at me. If I go 0-3 again, keep talking smack, start to fade me. I get it. I can take it. I don't, won't get offended. It is what it is. And that concludes the week one edition of the Liberty Line 
with Richie Longshots. Man, our guy is good at he is good at liberty jokes and joking about the disciplinary system and the reps, but he has proven himself to not be very good picking games against the spread. He's 0-3, but hoping for a Richie Longshot's bounce back. I'm rooting for the guy, but not really sure he has what it takes. All right. It is my favorite time of night. We have had so many fun guests. This has been a phenomenal show for me. Learned so much tonight and had a fun time. But without further ado, I'm going to bring in our founder, creator, uh, the boss man. I'm going to add that to his title eventually. The boss man, uh, my good friend, John Manson with the Sea of Red. Can't wait to talk to him. John. First question, out of the gates. What do you think about your intro music and that whole thing? Does that fit your style? Is that you? It's all good. Whatever you guys think. You you and uh, Nick are killing it on this show. Keep up the good work. I love it. Awesome. Uh, so we we both prognosticated eight and four for the Flames. We both are predicting uh, wins this week at Southern Miss. You're actually going to Hattiesburg. You'll get to hang out with Steven Stingray Ray and uh, say what's up to him down there. Uh, in Hattiesburg but is it just me or is like this coaching speak I, I've heard it from Freeze for four years now three and a half years now but it started to get to me this week his talk about Southern Miss and their SEC transfers and it should be a toss-up like I'm buying the anti-hype from from Freeze are you nervous about this this game excuse me well, I said it on the podcast last week, and yes, I am nervous. And the closer the game gets, I'm even more nervous. And to be honest with you, I don't think what he's said so far this week is coach speak. I mean, he's he's being honest. He thinks it's a toss-up. I think it's a toss-up. Uh, I think the line being at three-and-a-half kind of proves that, Liberty being on the road, uh, just a three-and-a-half-point favorite. It, it's, it's basically a toss-up. And, um, you know, yeah. There, there's a big question mark. I do think Southern Miss will be much improved from last year. They're not going to go three and nine again. They're going to win some games. I don't know if they'll make a bowl game, but but this is a key game for them if they want to get to six wins. And so, yeah, I definitely think that they're a lot better. They will be a lot better and one of the uh, most improved teams in the country, like he said. So, so honestly, uh, I don't I don't think it's been much of coach speak from Coach Freeze as far as Coach Hall. That was definitely Coach Speak saying Liberty should be a 17 or 18 point uh, favorite. I don't disagree. I mean, I would think that maybe a five, six, seven point line, which I think is what it opened at back in the summer, uh, would probably be right where it should be. And I wouldn't touch that line, kind of like uh, Richie Longshot said. Uh, but yeah, I think three and a half is is fair. Um, but but I expect a close game, and and I am nervous about it. I'm not going to lie. And if you remember back to our season predictions from last week. And if you didn't uh, get to hear that, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch the whole segment. Uh, we, we posted it separately. But um, this game is a huge game. These first three games are huge, each one of them themselves. But this is a huge game for, for – if Liberty's going to win eight games, they have to win Saturday. You're on mute, Chad. 
All right. So let's take a step back into 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 this is this is what I love having you on for because you've been around forever. John, how crazy age shot? I've been around <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm not that old. Uh, I mean, Larry Blair is your favorite player in Liberty basketball history. That's kind he of what he was my favorite player. Okay. So how incredible is it, John, that we are playing for our fourth straight bowl game? Uh, we're joining Conference USA next year. The outlook on the team is like seven wins, eight wins. Hugh Freeze is our coach. Do you still kind of just get that feeling of like, man, how did we get here so quickly? Or are you kind of settling into this like, hey, we're Liberty football. We're here. Uh, we're here to stay. We've built it. We're, we're, we're here. Or do you kind of go back and forth like, how did we get here? We don't like just five years ago, we were losing to Stony Brook and Monmouth. And here we are like on the big stage. Like, does it still surprise you? Honestly, like, like, do you wake up just like, I, I'm in part of, I'm a, a part, a fan of something incredible that's happening right now. You know, it's funny you mentioned that going for a four straight bowl game when you've got your back-to-back Cure Bowl shirt on and I got my Lending Tree Bowl shirt on. So uh, we, we got all three bowls represented right here and let's go get a fourth one uh, this year, which I think Liberty will get to a four straight bowl game. But but yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, especially when you get in the week-to-week, day-to-day grind of the college football season as we're entering into that and we are fully into that week one uh, game week mode, uh, yeah, you do kind of forget forget that. You lose sight of, uh, you know, what, um, you know, the bigger picture. And, you know, it's funny because I was actually, you know, watching. I, I don't know if anybody um, talk about the Yankees for a minute. I'm sorry if you're not a Yankees fan. I know Nick is a big uh, Reds fan. But I was watching the captain, the Derek Jeter uh, documentary um, on ESPN that I've, I've been watching over the past week or so. And, and that's one thing Jeter said is he said is, you know, he got so caught up in the in the today that he didn't worry about his legacy or or what was done last year or anything like that. So, I, you know, of course, I'm not Derek Jeter or anything like that far stretch from it. But I'm just saying, like, and I think that goes for coaches and players and administrators like Ian McCall and others is, is it's so easy to get caught up in the day to day and the week to week grind that, you know, sometimes it's hard for us, even as fans, to kind of take a step back and realize how far uh, this program has come. Uh, and, and we're talking football, but you could say that about basically all the sports on the mountain. But but yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. Every now and then we do have to take that step back and kind of pinch ourselves and and to sit here and, and look at the schedule Liberty has this year, playing Virginia Tech, BYU, Arkansas, Wake Forest, Southern Miss, UAB, et cetera, et cetera, and to say we're kind of expecting seven to eight wins, uh, and this is reality. And that's a realistic projection. And, and some people are projecting even more wins. Uh, it, it's hard to believe that that this is where we're at after where we were just a few years ago. All right. If I had to ask, if, if you had to give me one unit on the football team that you're excited about, the improvement or just their, their potential, and one unit that you're like, I don't know how that's going to play out this year. Give me those two units to look for. I think you're baiting me with the good one because you know what I'm going to say, or you're at least hoping what I'm going to say. Uh, and just so everybody knows, I don't even know what Chad's going to ask me until he throws them at me. I just, we just winging this, which is fine. But uh, offensive line, that's the one that I'm most excited about to see uh, what they, uh, how they're going to be this year. I think they'll be the most improved unit on the team. I think they'll end up being one of the best units on the team. 
Um, you know, and, and, and it's a lot of different things. I think it starts with the new offensive line coach. Coach Klinakis has come in and brought a new mindset, uh, brought a lunch pail type mentality, uh, get, do all the dirty work and, uh, you know, bring your your hard hat to work every day in practice. And that, that's kind of the mentality he's brought to that group, which is which has been great for them. Uh, you know, after last year and their struggles last year, they've also brought in several transfers, um, which three of them are likely to start on Saturday um, at left tackle, center and right tackle. Um, and not to mention the, the returners. You know, we had Brendan Schlittler on earlier uh, tonight and, and, and he's a very good player. I mean, you know, I, I hope you guys in, appreciate his insight that he brings. I mean, this dude's got two degrees already. He's working on his MBA and, and what's he still got like two more years of eligibility left or something like that. I mean, what, what a great guy and a smart guy, much smarter than any of us on this show. But um, I, I think the offensive line is going to be, going to be really good um, and much improved. The, the question mark, um, is probably the wide receivers. I mean, we know what Demario Douglas can bring. You know, we know he's a game breaker, um, but he's also going to be at the top of everybody's uh, defensive uh, plans, uh, game plan to, to shut him down and keep the ball out of his hands. Uh, so what's going to – who's going to step up there? I mean, there's been some injuries with JV and Lofton in the past. There's been injuries with Noah Frith in the past, CJ Yarbrough, Caleb Snee was dinged up some during – during a training camp. So can those guys stay healthy? Can they be consistent and provide enough reliable weapons and targets for Charlie Brewer and the rest of this offense? Um, so that's probably my biggest unknown going into the season. There's talent in that room and I believe they can get the job done. I think they can get the job done, uh, but until they actually do it on set Saturdays underneath the lights, we don't really know. All right. Uh, John with, Let's talk about the game coming up immediately on Saturday. I mean, shoot, that's only, what, five days away or so. Uh, Southern Miss, what did I ask Heath and Stingray about this, but what is your take on the coaches speak? Like, you've been around Freeze more than about anybody covering this team. What is what is it when – what is Freeze trying to get across to his team, to the fans? What is his point of saying, hey, this might be a toss-up? And then you have uh, Will Hall down at Southern Miss saying, hey, it's going to be a 17, 18 point. They should be a 17 point, 18 point favorite. Why, why do they do that? Who are they targeting? Is it us as the media? Is it fans? Is it uh, is it the the players? Who, who are they trying to communicate to when they do that kind of stuff? I think Coach Hall, just my takeaway from it, not following him or their program that closely. Um, I think he's really speaking to the fans. Um, you know, because to your average, you know, Southern Miss fan, they probably look at Liberty on their schedule as a home opener uh, game at home to open the season. They're probably thinking, OK, that's going to be a win as they're going through their, you know, like we do for each of our games. And I think he's trying to trying to send a big shout out to, to Liberty and to his fans to say, hey, you know, these guys are not, you know, a, a, a also ran. You know, this is one of the better a group of five teams in the country, which is what Liberty has proven the past few years. And, you know, I think he's kind of embellished how good Liberty has been the past few years. Um, you know, but that's part of his coach speak, just trying to, you know, let his team know and, the, and to also let the fans know uh, that this is not a team to, to take lightly. And it also kind of helps him too, because if Liberty were to come out and win by two or three touchdowns, he's like, well, I told you so. So, and then if they were to somehow pull, pull the win and pull the upset, which he's 
completely calling it an upset. Uh, you know, if they were to win, that's what he's talking about. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big win. It's a big feather in his cap, big feather in the team's cap to start off the year. And, and so it makes sense for him to do that. I don't know why he wouldn't. Uh, Coach Freeze, I think Coach Freeze is being honest. And uh, he's just, you know, calling it a toss-up. He's, he's done that. If you go back to the last couple of years, he'll, he, he'll get on his Monday's uh, press conference and he'll tell you straight up, yeah, this is a toss-up or we're the underdog or, uh, or, you know, he'll even say, yeah, we should win this game. You know, you hear that from him frequently. So I, I think he's being honest and I do agree with him that it, that it is a toss-up game. All right. So uh, tell me about one, a newcomer. If you had to say this, that, I mean, we got the weather, we got the weather forecast from Stingray earlier. It's going to be a rainy day, possible delay in the game. Uh, but a newcomer that's going to impact the game the most, like if I'm watching the game as a fan, is it going to be Day Day Hunter? Is it going to be CJ, CJ Yarbrough's return? Or is it going to be Charlie Brewer on the offensive side of the ball? Which one of those three is going to have a breakout game? And like, hey, I'm glad this guy's in a Flames uniform this year. He wasn't last year. And he could he could do some big things for us. Of those three, who do you get that hunch, that feeling that that's going to break out? It's really hard to pick one guy. I mean, the easy answer is Charlie Brewer, just because he's a quarterback. He's going to have the ball in his hands every single play. Um, but I, I do think Day-Day, especially when you look at the injuries that there have been uh, at the running back room the past couple of weeks. TJ Green is questionable, maybe even more doubtful than questionable to play Saturday. And, um, you know, Malik Caper and, and Shadra Lewis have both been dinged up a little bit, uh, the other running backs in the room. So I think Day-Day will probably get the bulk of the work. And if it is a wet game, I know there's scattered storms is kind of what the forecast is. And, you know, that can go one or either way, one of a couple ways. You know, it could be a, a downpour and, and there's a, a delay or it could be nothing. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. But, yeah, I mean, if it is wet, then, yeah, sure, running the ball. Is, and I, I think regardless of the weather, I think Liberty's going to want to prove that they can run the ball in the post Malik Willis era. And uh, I think day day Hunter will get a, a fair number of, of uh, opportunities on, on Saturday. And when you were asking that question, the first name that came to my mind was on the defensive side of the ball and uh, um, the linebacker, the transfer from, from Mississippi, uh, Mike Smith, Jr. He's, uh, um, you know, going back home to play. And I think he's going to, going to have a great season. Uh, he's got, I think, three years of eligibility left, and uh, or certainly two. But um, yeah, I think he's going to have a great season and could have a great year or great uh, game uh, Saturday night. Yeah, uh, Mike Smith is one that I have really kind of, you know, I'm glad you brought him up. That's uh, he's been off my radar. I'll definitely be watching. All right, John, we're coming up on your 10 o'clock bedtime here, so we'll let you go tonight. Uh, but before we do. Uh, tell me about a sea of red. Honestly, I was watching the Twitter feed today. Like, oh man, here comes the game preview. Oh man, here comes the at a glance. Uh, tell me what what is it? I know you typically have a plan for every game week for football uh, articles planned and, and kind of that kind of thing. What are some of the things that you have planned for readers and just like what is your plan for articles this year so we can kind of be on your schedule? Know what know what's coming and uh and 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 maybe decrease some of the anxiety that I experience when I'm checking my Twitter feed for a sea of red articles. 
Well, every week has its own nuances and things change as you get into the weeks and storylines develop and and things that you didn't expect to happen happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing about football and, and from someone in my position where you're trying to, you know, be a editor and plan out your schedule for the for the weeks and the seasons is uh, it is very cyclical. You you know, you got these game weeks. You got every Monday's a press conference with Hugh Freeze. You know, every uh, Tuesday is player interviews, and every Thursday is is you know Hugh Freeze's end of the week press conference, and and then you got Saturday's the game day, and, and so it's just it becomes cyclical. So yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff will happen each and every week. We'll get into a routine. And uh, the readers, loyal readers, will come to expect what what we'll see each and every day and each and every week because it'll kind of re- repeat itself. Yeah, uh, Monday is kind of, you know, I look at that as like your cleanup from the previous game after we get it, a couple games under our belt. It's a cleanup from the previous game, put those storylines to bed and and begin to move forward and look at the next week's opponents. Uh, so, you, so that's what you'll see on Mondays. There'll be you know, some recaps of the previous games and, and beginning as the day goes on to, to look ahead to the upcoming opponent. And then Tuesday, you really start to, uh, you know, get your at a glance with which we've got a, a student intern, John, who's helping us out there doing those. Did a great job. His first one dropped um, on Tuesday, you know, Tuesday night as we're recording, dropped this morning. Um, and at a glance at Southern Miss. So he'll be doing that every Tuesday. Um, a few other things that will go on. We'll be doing updates weekly on NFL Flames, Flames in the NFL, if there are any. I mean, obviously Malik's on the team. We'll see if he has a role and if any others pop on as well. Um, so we'll be doing that. But one thing that I'm really looking forward to, and a big shout-out to Zach uh, McLaren, our uh, our social media um I don't know what you call them. Social. I'm sorry, Zach. What's your title? Social media set, set savant or something. If you want to call him that, he kind of runs all our social media, but he also, uh, you know, writes for uh, for us some um, in the football season and throughout the year a little bit. But he's he's doing something that I'm kind of pumped up about. I think it'll be cool. And and the first one's supposed to drop on Wednesday, and it'll be every Wednesday. It's kind of a prop bet challenge, um, you know. So uh, people will be able to go on to cred.com and. and uh, fill out a form to, to pick their prop bets each and every week. And, and uh, we'll have weekly prizes and a season prize uh, for the winner and, and all that stuff. So it'd be something fun for everyone to kind of enjoy in. And, and uh, it, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, so be sure to check that out each Wednesday and um, you know, something, you know, kind of cool to, to be able to have some prizes to give away to, to some fans that are able to, you know, and I'm going to be I'm sure you will, too, Chad, but I'm going to be all up in that, uh, you know, weekly prizes trying to trying to win myself some stuff, you know. So Zach says he's going to put that uh, title on his LinkedIn bio. Uh, Social media savant. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. Social media uh, director, I think, is what his uh, <laughs> correct title is. But anyways. Yeah. Uh, A.K.A. Zeke. I, I just like to call him Zeke. He does it all for Z of Red on Instagram and, and all the socials. Uh, John, uh, I'm looking forward to this season, uh, again, from flames nation, from our OGs on, on, uh, Liberty Thank you so much for the time and effort you put into covering our favorite team. We love it. We read it all. And, uh, we're, we're right in tune with what you've got going on. I think honestly, and, and this is, this is basically, uh, echoing what Heath and, and, and a few others have said is like, as the team grows, like your coverage of the team and a sea of red.com. We're just kind of continuing to, to evolve with the team and, 
and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So uh, appreciate all you're doing for the Flames. I know I know we're two minutes past your bedtime, so hope, hopefully you can catch some catch some Z's tonight. And uh, man, so one last thing, one last thing. Talk to us about your schedule for this upcoming year. We have twelve games. How many of those games will you be t- going to? What games are you planning on not going to? Uh, what is your schedule so we can see those live or those pictures from game day and kind of get pumped up that way from a sea of red? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly planning on being at all the home games. So that's six, and and we're fortunate to have some some close home ga- or close away games this year with uh, ODU, Wake Forest. Uh, so those are easy trips. Um, hopefully, a lot of fans can get to those. I'll be at both of those. Uh, is the plan. And uh, I always end up talking myself into going to season opener. Um, so, you know, Southern Miss, yep, I'm there. Uh, so we'll be going down there this weekend. And then um, I've currently got plans to go to 11 of the 12 games. Uh, the only one I don't have plans to go to is UMass. And uh, shout out Turtle again. Uh, I don't think he'd want to go to UMass either, but uh, I, I got plans to go to all the other ones. So Arkansas, I'm not sure how to get to Arkansas. That's going to be a long trip, but, uh, UConn are planning on going there as well. So, um, is that, I think that's all the road games I've mentioned. So yeah, planning on going to 11 to 12 and we'll certainly do my best to be at a bowl game, depending on where and when that is. Man, that's exciting. And I have a feeling I'll be dragged along to a few of those. Um, I'm hoping it's not Arkansas. I get a call midweek that's, Hey, you want to ride to Arkansas? And I just, Sometimes I can't say no, but uh, John, appreciate. All I was you're actually doing. looking. I was actually looking at the uh, the travel schedule to Arkansas. If we were to make that trip, that has to be a flight, man. That thing's like a sixteen hour drive or something. I can't do that in three days or two and a half days or something like that. So if we want now to go to Arkansas, we got to jump in an airplane. Now you're talking my language, John. Hey, listen, I appreciate it. Uh, let's let's wrap this show up. We have been going for. Almost an hour and 35 minutes. It's been phenomenal. Thank you guys for all the comments in the YouTube section. Thank you to the podcast listeners. We'll be doing this every Tuesday night uh, for, at 8.30. Uh, I hope you guys know that I put on my he- Hugh Freeze visor, head coach Hugh Freeze visor tonight, which made me a little bit smarter talking about football. And uh, I'm rocking the mullet, which also has uh, endeared me to most of the fan base. So uh, that is kind of uh, kind of what we're going with this season, John. So pumped that we have football back, and uh, you and honestly, let's go Flames. Let's win eight or nine games this year. Go to another bowl game. Go into the Conference USA on uh, on a high note. So uh, appreciate all you guys watching, listening, all the positive comments. It's a lot of fun to be here together. And lastly, again for the fourth time this show, shout out our guy Nick Kirby in the background here. Uh, producing this thing, man, what a what a really cool show it's been a part of. Uh, all the different graphics and stuff, Nick's making it happen. So, thank you, Nick. I appreciate you for doing that. Looking forward to you covering basketball, John. I could, I can't go. I can't go. Hang on, hang on. Stop the tape, John. What do you think about our conference out of conference basketball schedule this year? A, B, C, D, or F? What, what are you going to give it right now? For everybody to hear, tell us tell us what you think about the the basketball schedule. Man, that's a loaded question right there. You know, Coach McKay's listening too, so uh, he might not like my my answer. But I I don't like it. I kind of we kind of text about it some, you know, today and as as it was kind of coming out. But 
Uh, I'll be nice, C minus. Um, I'm di- I'm disappointed. I understand the the, the frustrations and the, and the difficult times they have trying to get some of these games, but uh, um, you know it's disappointing we can't get more regional games, home and homes. I know of a couple teams that uh, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who they are, but there were, there are two games that that we had that would have been attractive games, home and homes. Uh, with regional teams that that they uh, they backed out on us the last minute and kind of put us in a bind. And fortunately, we were able to get Oral Roberts to fill in one of those spots. And uh, you know, Missouri dropped on us, but we were able to fill that with the Alabama game, uh, which is probably a better game for us, anyways. Um, you know, so so it's tough, but at the same time, there's so many. Uh, you know, there's 300 and some odd, 350 or something like that, Division One teams and. Uh, I mean, there's probably 225 of those that, that you know, I would be happy with us to, to have on the schedule, home or away or neutral, doesn't matter. And and uh, you feel like, you know, we only need to schedule, you know, two or three more than we did that you feel like you could you could find some of those. But, again, I, I know it's difficult, and, and Coach McKay and, and his staff are doing the best they can to, to fill those up. But, you know, there's a few games you have to look forward to. You know, Bryant and Oral Roberts are good games. The Alabama game is good. And then – uh, I think Southern Miss, you know, we're playing them football this weekend. I think that'll be a good home game. Uh, you know, they, they haven't been as good in basketball the last couple of years, but but they should be a it should be a competitive game. And and then the games in Cancun will be be good games too. So you have to look forward to those. But you also got seven games that are kind of duds. But hey, that, that's just where we are at, a, at as you know in the state of our program right now. Uh, we're too good where nobody wants to play us, and and not good enough that uh, some of those better teams you know, want to play us, if that makes sense. So kind of in a rough stage. And hopefully when we get to Conference USA, that kind of fades away a little bit. Yeah, so I will say this, John. It doesn't matter who we play, where we play them, what their record is, what their net ranking is. One thing I do know is that you and I and most of Flames Nation will be tuning in, watching, in attendance. And uh, so it is – I'm with you. It was kind of a, a a little bit of a disappointing home schedule, but at the same time, I don't know how tough it is, and I trust I trust Richie McKay honestly in his his what he's leading this program to and heights he's taking us. I trust his his scheduling, so I'll be there. You'll be there. We'll be covering it. We'll be talking about it, uh, just like the rest of Flames Nation. All right, John, thanks for letting me put you on the spot with that last question there, and uh, thank you everybody for listening, tuning in. We'll do it again next week at eight thirty. And as always, uh, go Flames.